Okay, let's get into this. You are here as our new COO. Welcome to Boss Babe. A Boss Babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise. Keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Vision of success. What's really interesting is I feel like a lot of people think all of this is very new. Everything that has been going on is very new. Obviously, we made the announcement of Danielle's departure way, 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 way after it actually happened. And that was for many, many reasons. And I'm glad we did it that way. But it's been so interesting, the kind of aftermath of it. I have had so many emails from people saying, I just got one last week saying, uh, you're going, you'll, you'll be going into your first launch without Danielle. Do you need support? And I think that's lovely. And I just want to kind of reinforce this isn't a new thing. This has been happening for a long time. There have been plenty launches and many things in between. And with that, there are some new things. And so you are here um, as our new COO, which I'm going to cut to you in a second and introduce you what has been happening behind the scenes. So let me just take it back for everyone listening to the show. So I started a company called CEO Mama last year that was alongside Boss Babe. And it really started as a passion project. I didn't know if it was going to turn into a business. I created it because it was something I was craving. I went back to work. I really wasn't sure how I was going to navigate it. You know, running um, a successful company with team and a tiny baby at home and still figuring out my identity and systems and support and all the things. I just wanted to be around other women who got it. And so I created this other company and you came on board as integrator of that company to really support me in that firstly because you had a ton of experience in that kind of business and secondly because you are a mother of two and you're further ahead in the journey and so we started working together really organically and we had a COO at Boss Babe Marissa she is and she was freaking phenomenal and she often refers to herself as like a steady sail in the wind and she has been that over the last couple of years when she initially came in, it was because Danielle was transitioning out to start another company. So we talked, we've talked very publicly about that. That was just before I got pregnant and that didn't happen. But Marissa has been incredible at Boss Babe and really gotten us through some incredibly tough times and has held it down when, you know, me and Danielle felt like we couldn't. And that's been amazing. And she's now at a point where she wants to start her own business, which I'm so excited for her. It's so overdue. She's been through so many transitions in her own life. And we're going to get her on the podcast too, to talk about what she's doing. Cause I really am so excited for her, which then opened up a conversation between you and I, because we already had so much amazing synergy in CEO Mama. And it's so interesting because so we're both generators, human design. It never came to me initially. I knew we would start looking whether it was the COO, integrator, whether it was an operations manager. I didn't know. So I wasn't necessarily going out there trying to hire that person, but I'm a generator. I was I was just open to whatever kind of came and I was in the shower and I just thought, why isn't it you? Why don't you step in as integrator, as COO? And I came out of the shower and I immediately texted you and I was like, hey, I just had the shower thought. I know you're coming to Austin because we've been spending a lot of time together anyway. Are you interested? And you said yes. So Lindsay. Yeah. Welcome to Boss Babe. Thank you. Yes. I, it's like a very visceral memory because it was that exact day or the evening before I think I'd been sitting on the porch with RT and I was like, I think I'm going to tell Natalie I can do more. You know, like I just I don't know what it is or what she needs, but I think that there's more I can do for this company. And I feel like I'm in a place in my life where I'm ready to pour into something, but I, I don't have clarity on what I want to build for myself. So I'd rather go the direction of pouring into this business. And I'm already in with CEO Mama. I think I can really help. And he was like, what do you think she's going to say? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm just going to be brave and I'm going to do it. And then the next morning, yeah, you were like, so here's my shower thought. I'm like, this is wild. But it is it is so synergistic. And I think having the CEO mama time together really helped both of us. But speaking for myself, really helped me feel like I can I see the lay of the land and I see what works. And I also can bring a different take and, and a much more entrepreneurial background than a typical COO would have to come in and say, let's go to the next level and like, let's clear the path for you now as the sole leader of the company to really be in the visionary role. And I, I saw that so clearly for you as you came back into the business. And I, and I think just the timing is also magical. I know it just all worked because you were literally flying into Austin that day. 
And then you arrived. I was like, should we just go on a walk and talk and kind of <laughs> decide if we're doing this? And it was great because we then brought CEO Mama into Boss Babe after everything happened. And I decided, hey, I'm going to stay on at Boss Babe. Danielle was going to go do her own thing. We brought it in. And so you really got a feel of Boss Babe. And I think that's such an organic way to make this happen. So, okay, I want to dive into you. So I know you had a really big corporate life. And then you got into entrepreneurship a little bit later after that. What was your first foray into entrepreneurship? So it was about uh, eight years into my corporate career that I started to have this inkling that this isn't my passion. You know, I started to ask myself, I was always in a personal development and always, I've always been an achiever. So I'm always like looking for the next thing. And I, I moved up really quickly in the corporate world because of that, of course. But I had also gotten to a point in the, my corporate career where I, I was really hitting a glass ceiling or I could probably have gotten past that ceiling if I wanted to go to the next level of like, commitment to management, commitment to tons of travel, all of that, where I was like, I just, I worked for an energy company. I had no tie to the mission. It was very much just a career. And I came into that career in the corporate world because of scarcity, like really coming out of college, having a ton of student loan debt and looking at how do I solve this problem as fast as possible? It's like, get a job. And I loved working in corporate but i as i hit that wall of there's something more for me i also have always loved yoga and i've practiced yoga since i was a teenager and in the city i live in in colorado at the time in like the mid 2000 well, early two, 2010s there was only a couple studios and i loved one of them but it was far it was on the far other side of town and i was like i can do this better and <laughs> which is a theme in my life like i can do this better i'm just gonna start a business well and then like don't we'll get to it but like now my mantra is like don't monetize your hobbies because some some things that you really love shouldn't be turned into businesses and I think I have like my toxic trait is like everything can be a business but it, not everything should be a business but at that time in my life it was very much like let's start a yoga studio my stepmom also was into yoga at the time and uh, her and my dad agreed to kind of help fund the the building of a brick and mortar yoga studio so in 2012 we opened mindstream yoga. And it was open until the pandemic, until we got shut down uh, by the government and it thrived. You know, it was, it was very much an outlet for my entrepreneurial brain to come in and go, here's all the things I've seen other people, especially like corporate and franchises do well. And I'm going to apply that, but in a local business. And so I really studied local business. I studied community. I studied marketing and all in the brick and mortar frame at that time. So that was, that's where it all started. And then I can see how everything else, like literally from that has led to here. Like there is in the, in the rear view mirror, like the breadcrumbs of how it's all come together. And there's so much reverence I have for both having the corporate career that gave me the stability to have a little side hustle and for the resentment that built in, in my corporate career to the point where it was early, late 2013, when I finally was like, I can't, I, I can't do this. Like I, I just... I need to go all in on entrepreneurship. And I had no idea what the next thing would be. But I was like, I, I remember forever in my life, I was standing, there's that well-known building in Singapore and it was up at the top deck and it was like mid-December. So it, it was 100 degrees in Singapore, but it was Christmas and everything was decorated for Christmas. And, and I'm from Colorado. So it was this out-of-body experience being like, it's Christmas, but it's 100 degrees and I'm in Singapore. Like I should be home with my family. What am I doing? And I came home and took two weeks off and quit on like January 4th. And people told me I was crazy. People told me I was stupid. And a lot of people told me I was, they were jealous of like my ability to see my entrepreneurial vision and trust it, even though I didn't have clarity on what's next. Like I didn't leave with something that would replace my salary in place. I left because I had a taste of entrepreneurship in the local business. And I was like, this is it for me. And I need to be free of these shackles to go really chase what's next. And yeah, it was, it's obviously not, not all has been easy, but it's led to incredible things. And then you ended up going online, right? Yeah. So in a couple of like a, a couple of years after quitting and really running, diving into running the yoga studio, I started to realize it's so interesting that there's mostly women and especially in health and wellness at the time, mostly women and even in a local city like mine, a lot of us, like, we didn't want to collaborate. We didn't have the tools to co-market with each other. 
This was as social media was picking up, but wasn't what it is today. And there was just a lot of like cattiness and lack of community, I would say. So the next thing I did was to start a local, a regional organization that hosted mastermind groups, in-person mastermind groups, and did events. So between 2015 and 2018, 19, we did 70 some events and they were between 30 people to a thousand people. Every single one of them sold out. And it was really about taking local business owners who were women and building community, building masterminds, putting them in rooms with each other and creating local like in-person community that then was going to translate into online community. And that's when we met. I wanted to start a membership and we, I built the whole business. I hired all these people. Everything was in place to go online and then to spread out our event programs into 10 other cities. And um, everybody's first day was March 15th, 2020. And it obviously didn't go as I planned. And that whole entire process taught me so much about community building, about online business, about marketing, uh, about hiring. It was like a, a whole entire career's worth of lessons in four years of that business. And I did some consulting on the side. I, I mean, I have like a very long list of random resume things. Like I keep, we keep being in conversations. I'm like, oh yeah, I used to own that a business. Like you're like, what? Um, but I did a lot of corporate consulting through this time, mostly in health and wellness, working with big, well-known health and wellness brands, working on community because I, I had this unique place in the market where I actually owned a yoga studio. So I could really speak to what was happening boots on the ground but I had a marketing brain and a business building brain. And I could talk to these brands that were trying to sell things to studio owners and sell things to people that were customers of those businesses and go, here's what it really means to be a part of this community from your perspective, trying to sell athleisure clothing or you know, subscription software were numbers to you. But this is really like what the energy of a studio feels like and what the owner really needs from these type of companies. So I had a lot of parallel things happening um, in those years after my corporate career that really, I think, built on skills I'd learned in corporate and organization, but always had the magic of entrepreneurship built in and, and like high risk tolerance <laughs> and this ability to kind of predict what's coming next. And as a generator, be like, that's a yes, I'm doing this. And people around me going like, what? And it always somehow working out in my favor. I love this. And yeah, we first met when you joined our mastermind, yeah. which feels like so long ago. Yeah. That's how we first met. Masterminds are incredible. For yeah. That. Such a great way to really get connected to people. Um, that's how we met. And then we just kind of kept in touch and it felt like very organic. Yeah. Like we'd gotten to know each other. It had been a very organic relationship. And then you also had been posting, you'd been doing a lot around the mother load. Mm -hmm. That's your podcast, the mother load. And that's when we really started connecting. So I was like, hey, I'm doing CEO Mama. And a lot of the things that you're saying, I know is resonating. What then led you to start a podcast around the mother load? Yeah, it's funny that you remember that because it. I remember you saying in that mastermind, you're like, I'm not a mom yet, but when I am one, I'm going to come back to you to ask these questions because I don't know how you're doing all these things. And you have two young kids because I left that part out. I had a kid, a child in 2017 and a child in 2019. So I had babies when all of this was happening yeah and I remember in the mastermind most of you had babies actually yeah. and you would ask me certain questions and I would just have to say I don't even feel comfortable answering right. because I don't even know what you're going through yeah and thank god I didn't tell you to work during nap time because right. I would look back now and say <laughs> I'm sorry oh my god we'll have to do a whole episode on <laughs> on the perception of mothers against non-mothers because like in all honesty you know, like I love you to this day and I loved you. You you were so valuable in those conversations teaching me about memberships. And I was like, she doesn't get it. Totally. There's she doesn't no get way. it. Yeah. And, and even like boss babe culture and some like boss babe, the company and also just boss babe, the, the culture in general, I think over the years felt less relatable when as I was in those early years of motherhood, because I'm like, I can't keep up with this. And like, what am I going to go viral with when I'm leaking and and like postpartum and I didn't get any sleep and I I don't have quiet because my kids don't nap like I can't apply these formulas in my business because I barely can survive you know yeah but that's a whole other conversation um but yeah I, I I went through like a very dark night of the soul personally through 2020 and 2021 because of 
identity work I didn't do on myself after becoming a mother that had kind of festered, losing the businesses, both the yoga studio and my mastermind community business, both went down in 20, late 2020, mostly as a result of you know government mandates, but also energetically, spiritually, because they needed to be cleansed from my life. Like I was no longer in alignment with them and they would have been very hard to get rid of if something like that hadn't happened. So it's, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, what a gift that COVID was, uh, despite, despite the debt that I still have. But, um, you know, I think there's always silver lining in those type of things. And yeah, so we stayed in touch. And, and as you became a mother, we started to talk more just in DM because we had similar birth stories. And, and I was still struggling even years on when you became a mother and like seeing you go through it. And I'm like, now she knows. And it's interesting because I, I started to figure out stuff that was going on with you before you were talking about it publicly. Yeah. How? Because you seem to message me as if you just like knew what was happening. I just know. I, I have this sense with ambitious mothers where, especially first babies, where it's like, how's that identity stuff going? And I'm so like mother load is all about the real talk. And I'm so comfortable even with somebody I don't necessarily have a lot of intimacy, intimacy with going, tell me the truth. Like I can see it in the way you're talking. I can, I can see it in your face when you're, when you're, you know, putting on the smile to present something to social media, not you personally, but, but in well, general, yeah, and me personally. but you personally, I was like, are you really okay? Finally, you were like, no, I'm not. And I, I don't know if this is, I don't know if I want to go back to boss babe. I don't know if this is the boss babe I want to have. I have all these questions, which now we know, you know, led to a big transition. And for me personally, a lot of that motherload stuff came about through hitting rock bottom in 2020 and 2021, my relationship, losing businesses, really looking at my relationship to motherhood and my identity and, and having to go all the way back <laughs> into my childhood to go, wow, I have completely defined myself by performance and ambition. And man, it's made me so successful. And I've I've gotten a long way and I have a lot of things to show for it that are very external. But when I would think about my children, I had a lot of resentment. I love my children, but I, I was very resentful about motherhood and that it was all on me and that I'm the one that has to worry about everything. And how am I supposed to keep up this ambitious path I've been on and so successful and do all this stuff for kids? Like, when is it going to go back to normal? And that feeling like that angst in 2021 did a lot of therapy. I did a lot of like inner work, which was huge. It probably got me 80% of the way there. And I, and, and I came into early 2022 going, I'm ready to rebuild something. I feel like the entrepreneurial fire coming back after the devastation of 2020 and 2021. But I just don't have clarity on what. And I still feel very hamstrung by my kids, not them personally, but just by being a mother and wanting to give so much to them and wanting to be really present but also wanting to pursue my ambition and feeling really pulled to like go be Lindsay again. And for me personally, it led me to plant medicine. And I did a big trip to Peru and I sat with ayahuasca and a couple other medicines and had a conversation with, with grandmother energy that was very, very healing around motherhood specifically. And, you know, I, I have a whole episode about it if anybody wants to hear that, but what I came home with was there has to be more conversation for people like us where it's incredibly honest about what we're really going through and what I, what I say to myself every day and the conversations we have once the Zoom camera goes off, once the podcast mic goes off, because that's like, that's the stuff that's very relatable and you get the head nods from your friends who are like us, but then you don't see it anywhere else. And, and so it makes you feel kind of crazy when you're like, I don't know, like Nally's my friend and we're talking about this stuff at the dinner table, but then on social media, we're like, we can do it all. So motherload came through after that experience in mid 2022 is like, I'm just going to be me and I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to be raw about it. And I'm going to interview women like me and I'm going to ask them really hard questions <laughs> because I think these raw conversations where you're getting the truth and it's not polished and it's not, it's a little edgy and, you know, might get some negative feedback from people. That's what I needed to hear five or six years ago when I became a mother that no one was talking about. And so bringing Motherload to life last fall was really a creative project for me. And I, you know, we can get into it. <laughs> I, I struggled over in early 2023 this year trying to monetize it. because I was like, oh, I need it to be a business, you know, and that, that brain kicked back in. But I think what it truly is for me is like part of my own healing to 
bring the creative act of of these kind of conversations into this into this world of ambitious women of achievement and performance and identity being tied to what we create ourselves how do we also bring these lives we've created along with us and center them as much as we do our own our own ambition our own identity in a way that feels harmonious and feels safe because that like all the way back to those first days of really knowing you in that mastermind I'm like sometimes I don't feel safe making an excuse about my kids because I'm in a group that's not all mothers and the ones that aren't mothers look at me kind of funky when I say like I didn't get my homework done because my kid was sick this week which now you know when Noemi's sick you're like oh yeah nothing gets done there's just no way around it but in those original without that kind of context I always just felt like oh I'm I'm not going to be able to be as successful as these other people. Yeah, so it's, to me, it's my own healing, but it's an act of service too, to try to bring those conversations more into this realm and make them as important as how do you build a multi-million dollar business? How do you do all of the different things I've done? Like I can talk about that stuff all day long too, but now to me, it's really important that Anybody who's coming to me for advice on strategy in their business or systems in their business, organization in their business also knows it's just as important for me to tell you if your kid is sick or whatever's going on personally, that none of that matters, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Well, I love that you're bringing this to and being really honest about what that was like coming as a mother into a mastermind that had people in that didn't understand. And I love that you're just saying that because... We've also had conversations about where we're taking Boss Babe and where we're going with it. And we've said, hey, we just need to have more of a transparent lens. Like there's no need to be polished. There's no need to to not be saying things because we're worried. Like, yes, at one point, I'm sure it was so unrelatable to see certain things and then be so deep and thick in it and think, well, can I still do it? And I don't think it's just for mothers too. I think it's for anyone that is really in the thick of it, whether you're going through a transition in your life, whether you're going through a transition in your business, whether you're juggling multiple things, wearing multiple hats, it can be really easy to look at people who are maybe further ahead or have certain systems set up already and compare yourself and think, you know, I'll never be like that or it's not relatable. And it's just great to have those honest conversations. Cause like you said, you could see when I was showing up on social, it was a different story. Yeah. And I'm happy to go into that. I, I feel like I have nothing to hide there. And I think actually I would be doing a disservice if I wasn't being really honest about it. And I remember you like really kind of probing and just like you yeah. were asking a lot of questions and it started to make me feel safe in that conversation. And I had that with friends too, but then I also didn't have it with certain friends. A lot of mothers will know you go into motherhood and you expect certain people will be there for you who aren't. And it's not because they aren't wanting to be, they they can't because they haven't learned how to support you yet. Yeah. And it's just a learning process and, and vice versa. They'll go through similar things you can't support. And so I started to really seek out people that understood those transitions, whether they were mothers or not. And I remember even the first conversation we had, it was way before I went back to Boss Babe and I just cried on the call. I was like, yeah. I'm not okay. Yeah. I mean, that is like a core memory for me. And and part of the reason that I'm so committed now to this job, because when we got on that call, you know, I had the, the flutters like, it's Natalie, you know, it's Boss Babe, because I hold you in such high esteem and for what you've built. And because I hold you in such high esteem for how honest you had already been about mother, like makes me emotional because- it was like years of, of it had built up in me around, I so badly want to build something as big as this. And, and I know it's in me. And I felt incapable of doing it once I became a mother. It was almost like I had to just resign to this fact that, oh, you know, well, you didn't get it done before you became a mother. So too bad for you. Like, leave it to the Natalies or leave it to these other people that got it done before they were mothers. And so for you to come in to that conversation and just be so vulnerable and so honest and be like, yeah, I built it, but I don't want it anymore. And I don't, that's very terrifying to me. Like you, you, those were your words to sum it up. You know, you were like, I, it's so weird because everything I built, I just don't relate to. And I don't really want it. And I don't, that's very scary <laughs> because I have this big team, big revenue, big business, well-known, and I, I don't really want it. And I was like, holy shit what an incredible thing to say to basically a stranger. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. 
If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe, masterclass.com slash boss babe. The other day, the team and I were talking about how much our audience loves biohacking. And whenever we release content based around creating better habits for our lifestyle and health, you all seem to really soak it up and request more. So I wanted to share about our podcast sponsor, Prolon, today because I've never seen a company like this. Prolon is a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making cells believe that they're fasting. There are so many strategic benefits to fasting and Prolon helps you hit these goals without actually needing to fast. Prolon's five-day program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all designed to keep your body in a fasted state. And you get everything pre-packaged, labeled, and ready to go, so there's no guesswork. It's super simple, and it works. Extended fasting of at least two to three days has proven to produce unique benefits like cellular rejuvenation, metabolic support, and increased cardiovascular health. So if you're ready for a fasting program that doesn't leave you hungry or exhausted and instead gives you more energy, I highly recommend giving Prolon a try. Right now, Prolon is offering Boss Babe podcast listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash boss babe. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash boss babe for this special offer. Prolonlife.com slash boss babe. But in that moment, I was like, okay, this, this person has depth. This person really knows how to, to come back into the market as a leader when she's ready and really speak to the truth of it. And now that I know you even better, I'm like, Nally will always speak to the truth. And I think in this era that we're in now post-COVID, the truth is so important. And I I will die on the mountain of like, if you are not being truthful about your experience, whether it's with motherhood or entrepreneurship or in your relationship, it's going to catch up with you. And so, yeah, in that moment, it <laughs> it was such an incredible opening. And I didn't know what it would lead to, but it was just like the universe... I felt so aligned in that. I think that was earlier this year, right? It had to have been, or late last year. Late last year, I think. Um, I was like, God, all everything has led to here. Everything that's happened over the last four, three or four years has led to this moment of there's opportunity here to do more than I could ever do by myself by you know aligning with you. And at the time, it was around CEO Mama, and like, what an incredible full circle moment to go someone that I looked at years ago and almost had resentment towards in a way because I'm like, she built it before she had kids. Oh, I'm so jealous. Now, now you were like, yeah, and I'm coming back in and I'm totally paralyzed because I don't know what I want anymore. You're further ahead of me in motherhood. Does this change? Does this get better? Will I ever feel like myself again? And I was like, no, <laughs> you won't. But you can be different. You can be more. You can be better. And I just felt it then. And that was probably like a year ago now. And here we are. I know. So. I think it is a full year. Yeah. Now, now we're recording. Yeah. Yeah. And it was in that moment that I was saying to you, I'm like, I feel like I needed to get on this call with you and talk because you've been so honest. And if you're willing to be honest and I'm being honest, how many other women are feeling like this and aren't being honest? So after that, I started sending very honest text messages to friends of mine who I knew were in similar situations and just saying, hey, if I put something together, would you want to come? We'll just get together bi-weekly and we'll talk about this. Yeah. And it's been beautiful to see it evolve. And as I've now really settled into motherhood and, and everything it is, really realizing that as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, everything I create now will be so much deeper. And it has it never took away my ambition, but it really enriched it. It gave me such a purpose that I was only ever willing to do things that felt fully in alignment and it, and in my 
early 20s, you know, I just hustled. I hustled, hustle, hustle to build something and to get myself out there and to build a life different to what I grew up with. And I think that was great. And then you get to a certain point and you realize you want to build something with substance and you want to really go out there and and be impacting the world and solving problems that really matter to you. And I really think about making the world better for my daughter. I care about those things. And it just adds another layer to anyone who's listening who isn't a mother yet and wants to be and wonders, is, is this a bad idea to be an entrepreneur and be a mother? Absolutely not. It is going to add so much depth and richness to your life that will give you a bigger why than you could ever have imagined. But also part of the big identity work that I had to do was so much of my identity, my worth was tied to my business. I grew up just achievement, achievement, achievement. If I achieve enough, it'll it'll kind of make everything happening at home be a little bit quieter and I won't have to deal with it. And maybe people will stop fighting if they pay attention to my accolades and all those things. And so that's the train I got on. And then I realized postpartum, it didn't matter. What mattered was my presence. What mattered was who I was. What mattered was where was my integrity? How was I showing up in the world? Did I matter? What was I making a difference? So many different kinds of questions. And then you figure it out. You figure out how to create rhythms around this full life that you have and you become more productive than you could ever imagine becoming. I think now before I had babies, the eight hours I spent in my day, what did I do? Oh, I know. Because now give me two and I'll do the same. Oh my God, it's actually, (laughs) I like get frustrated with pre-baby Lindsay where I'm like, you could have done so much more. You had so much time. You had so much time. Yeah. But yeah, it it always felt really organic and we kind of just, and it's all what I've really enjoyed about our partnership is we just celebrate what's going on in each other's life too. And I know you have a very successful D2C company and e-com brand that you keep private, which is great. You have so many facets to you. And I love that we get to come together with all of our things that we're, we're doing individually and think about how can we then grow together. And I think that's what's really powerful in this kind of relationship is to be able to support each other's goals and to be able to relate on deep levels of knowing what our core values are as humans. If that aligns, everything else is easy. Yeah. But if that stuff doesn't align, there's a lot of tension. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, coming in and thinking through where would I, you know, like I did my own self inventory as I often do on like, how might I fuck this up? <laughs> you know, and and it's not like a negative self-thought. It's what am I not seeing or or what am I going to need to grow in to do a good job in this role? And because the role is it's COO in a sense of, you know, I will manage some people and and like own parts of the business. But also it's integrator in the sense that like really coming in, the reason I said yes to it after, you know, not necessarily the initial conversation we had about it. I was like, I, I'm here to help. And then when you that morning that you called me, you're like, I want to give you this role. And I was like, yes, because in this type of structure, my job is ultimately to unblock you and to to give you full visionary, like unlock, like get in, get on the stage, get in the book, you know, get your book written, get on social media. Is that a demand, is that a reminder that we definitely need to get that out? But it's like, because <laughs> over the last year, I've seen you when you are in the truth and when you are systematizing and prioritizing and efficient, you're magical, you know, and you did all the hard work to build the brand. And so it's like, okay, you do have a a really successful brand and the audience is ready to come along with you. And so how do we make sure that you're not in the weeds and how do we give you a full visionary path forward? And I, as I've gotten older and had every kind of business you can imagine, and I've been in the visionary role in, in my own things at times, I I'm very comfortable in the second, second chair in, in this type of relationship to go. I love the ideas and I know you'll take my ideas and and we share ideas and we also ultimately will always make the best decision for the business. When I looked at what I might need to do to grow, it's like I need to really be in this seat of noticing what Natalie needs, but also continuing to watch the market and continuing to like hold us accountable to the values and and to where we are in our lives as the leaders of the business. And that is as mothers, you know, and so it's like, even if you're not a mother yet, or you never want to be one, it's, you know, my sister does not want to be a mother. And I get her opinions constantly on like how she sees the world so differently than me because she's not a mother. And I think that's fine. And like my life is not as, as spontaneous as hers. My life is not as, I don't have as much free cash flow, you know, cause I pay for childcare and things like that, where I'm like, there's, there's also just truth to how you and I are as humans that will be reflected in the business. And 
I think as long as I stay true to my truth and I hold you accountable to yours, I'm doing this job really well. And all the rest of the management and all the like facets of running a business is is just the day to day. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll call it COO on this podcast title, but it really is integrator and it's it is very different. We've always kind of run the business on the traction methodology, but we never fully nailed that part. And I'm really excited to step into that. And for everyone listening to, this doesn't mean that the company is transitioning to have a focus on motherhood in any sense, but what it means is, so when I think about when I was not in love with the business, I'm ready to walk away. I start to think about, well, you know, if I just, if I was going to do this on my own, what would need to change and what would need to happen? And for me, it was, it was challenging having a brand that wasn't my personal brand. It was, you know, a joint brand that had its own name and had its own identity. And there was elements that I couldn't bring into that. There was elements of honesty and truth that couldn't be brought onto that platform because it needed everybody's buy-in. And we also had to think about the brand and actually doing some soul searching, what I've realized for me to be part of something like this, because I so deeply love our community. They are everything. I realize I can only show up in a very authentic way. I can only be who I am. And I have to talk about all the different things that are going on in my life. And I have to bring that element. And so the way we've transitioned the business, it's actually nothing to do with motherhood, but it's thinking about what motherhood has taught us and what we want to bring out of that into the business. And ultimately it's building a freedom-based business. Boss Babe is probably not for the woman who is raising a lot of VC and is going down a path where she will have those investors and doesn't have that kind of level of freedom and flexibility. She'll probably find that some of the things we're going to talk about are very unrelatable. Boss Babe is for the woman who wants to build a freedom-based business using social media and digital marketing in the online space, whether you're, you know, in the service industry, you're a coach, consultant, agency owner. This really is for you where you can build a business that gives you freedom. I learned for me, I needed freedom. For me to feel really fulfilled in what I was doing, I needed freedom because I want to be able to choose what I spend my time on and what, and how how much I work ultimately. You know, if I'm away from my baby, it has to feel worth it. It has to be worth it. And I want to be working on things I love. And I'd created a role that I hated. I really had, I didn't enjoy what I was doing and I didn't have that kind of freedom. And so that's what we're bringing into this is a lens of let's build businesses that actually create freedom, that allow you to have harmony in your lives, that allow you to take that week off to be fully present with your kids, that allow you to take that six month of maternity leave if you want to, or that allow you, if you're not having kids, to go with your partner and do that trip that you've had on your heart for the longest time. Whatever it is, everyone's freedom is gonna look different, but let's build businesses that actually support our lives versus the other way around. Because I did it the other way around. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. And I think freedom can can mask, like, you're not really free if you're sitting at a coffee shop with your laptop in Tulum or wherever, but still stressed about the business all day, every day. You know, like, I think there was this whole trend of, around, like, freedom and the laptop lifestyle and online business. And it just having an online business makes you free. And I think that's the myth that motherhood taught me, where it's like, no, I'm not free from it if I'm constantly looking at my phone when I'm trying to be with my kids. I'm not free from it if I'm not able to sleep because I'm financially stressed because launch didn't go the way I thought because I'm not showing up on social media because I don't feel good about my body. Like the whole mental web that a lot of us have, you know, there's there's so many facets of it where freedom is about truth and about, I keep coming back to that, but it so is about being honest with yourself and freedom for you and me because we're mothers looks a certain way. Whereas freedom for someone in their 20s who's not a mother yet may look completely different. But freedom is truly, are you being honest about what you want? And is that truly what you're building? And that's where I think Boss Babe is headed in. We're going to give you the systems. We're going to give you the strategy, the organization, and in templates so that you get to go into your business and be really honest about, is it working or not? Is it really giving me the outcomes I want? Because yeah, I, I work from my laptop at the beach, but I'm still working 12 hour days or there's still no money in my bank account or I still have to have the other job to pay the bills. And that's not actual freedom. Yeah, I completely agree. I also really believe that a freedom-based business has a sales engine behind it. Are you really free if every single dollar is dependent on you and you are not making money when you're offline? You are not. You are literally a dancing monkey. 
And we have this myth. So if you're having to work 12, 16 hour days to bring in revenue and you're changing your business, the minute you are not there, you're not making money or you're not able to deliver services, you don't have freedom. You are chained to your business and you've created yourself really another employer. And so we wanna be able to share, what does it look like to build an actual sales engine in your business? What does it look like to be having sales when you wake up in the morning? It was taken care of overnight because you built the engine, you built the funnel. What does it look like to take the guesswork out of content so that you, you know, when you are in those moments where you don't feel like showing up, your business is still running. We wanna get into all of that stuff. And yeah, the free, the truth part, we have an amazing exercise inside the society called the alignment audit. And it's getting really honest with yourself about, we talk about all the different buckets in your life and how you wanna show up in them and how you are showing up in them and getting really, really honest about, is your life right now reflecting what you had on your vision board? Like, is it really? Cause I know for me at a certain point it wasn't. And I felt like, wow, I've created this incredibly successful business. And for me, I was at a point where I had built a lot of financial freedom. I had built freedom in that sense. I had built location freedom, but I knew I couldn't just step away from my business. I couldn't extend my maternity leave. There were this, the brand wouldn't have sustained that. And so I realized there was a lot that still needed to happen. And so that, that happened last year in the journey of figuring all of that out and kind of steadying the ship and implementing a brand new system has been so powerful. I mean, we've now reimagined our entire business model because of it. We're going all in on our membership just to teach this stuff, build a freedom-based business. Yeah. And I think, you know, what freedom means to me now, like looking back on everything we've talked about and all of, I don't even know how many businesses, I think at one point I had seven LLCs open, you know, like I am the consummate like multi-serial entrepreneur that also doesn't need to be doing that many things at once. But when I look back, the thread to pull through all of it is when I got away from simplicity, it got hard or I got resentful about it or it stopped making money. And I felt like the only way to save it was for me to pour back in, you know, and I can I can trace back. What I loved about it was when it was really simple and it was working and it felt like light and free and I was like delighted with it because it did everything you just described. And then I fell into the trap of, oh, in order to get bigger, you have to add complexity. And every time I did that to this day in any business I've had or, or you know, been a part of, the soon, as soon as you add complexity or you, you add complexity without structure or without a system to kind of make sure it runs <laughs> is when everything starts to feel really hard. And most entrepreneurs will be like, oh, I'm it's like I feel resistance to it. And so another thing I think in like this era of boss babe is like, how do we just do it more simply? And in the society with everything that's going in there, it's like, we've really distilled it down to the simplest way you could do it. And of course you can add complexity if you want, but we want to be evidence and, and mentors in the sense of like, it can be easier. It can't, you can build something that sells without you having to stress about it. Like, and it doesn't have to be rocket science. It doesn't have to have 80 million steps and 17 emails and all these things that I think, you know, like the marketing bros have maybe led us down this path of belief. So that's really important to me too. And and being in the role is like, how do we run Boss Babe internally as simple as possible, but also how, like in keeping with this theme of truth, like how do we really teach simplicity to our audience and always super transparently, like, we're learning too. And if we try something internally that feels too hard or adds complexity where it doesn't need to be, we'll be honest about it because we want you to learn from obviously collective years of experience and mistakes. Oh, I want to get into this simplicity. Yes, yes, yes. What's so interesting is we tried that within the company. We tried simple and we, I can remember times when we had simple and it worked and then we got off track. And every year we'd pull ourselves back to this quote, we're going to simplify to amplify. We're going to simplify to amplify. And we try and fail, try and fail. There was always more. There was always new ideas, more opportunity. There was always so many different directions to be pulled in. And we would let complexity take over. And every single time that happened, I realized we were stopping ourselves from being able to scale in certain ways. We were stopping ourselves from having freedom in certain ways. And actually, when I took over the company on my own, there was some bleeding in the company that needed to be stopped, which 
it just happened naturally being on maternity leave and then going through negotiations to figure out what we were going to do with the company. It was very natural that things would start to fall by the wayside. It was no one taking their attention off. It was not a purposeful or at fault thing. It just, that is what's happening when you go through that in a business. And so when I came back in, so much of it was stopping the bleeding. And I went through that company with a fine tooth comb. I mean, every single software, just top of my head, I would go through and see what we were paying on softwares. And I remember in one call, I think we started saving about $60,000 in one software call. And we kept doing more and more and more. And then it was role audits. I was like, what are you doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? Let me take a look at that. Okay, why are you doing this? Oh, I don't know. It was just passed on to me. Okay, great. I don't know why you're doing it either. And if I don't know and you don't know, we probably shouldn't be doing it. There was so much of that that we combed through. We create create rhythms for the entire company, the entire team, which we share inside the society. And we simplified. And I can honestly say our profit margins have never looked better. It actually works and it's reflective. And I see a path to scaling in a way that feels good, better now than I ever, ever have. I always felt really intimidated by the conversation around scaling. And it would sometimes get pretty heated because I would feel resistant because I felt like, well, it's going to be on me. You know, the revenue pushes are going to be on me and, you know, more revenue means more work and more of this and more of that. And that's what I think really tipped me over the edge when I came back to work because I had that story in my head that it was going to be challenging because that's how it had been in the past. And actually simplifying it has paved the way and allowed us to scale in ways I didn't even think of before. And going all in with the membership, going all in on one thing and doing it really, really well, I see a path to scaling. And so I also want to say simple doesn't mean smaller. No. Simple gets to be scalable. In, and in conscious scaling too, what I also will share about Boss Babe is I feel like it was a bit of a magic carpet ride. Neither of us could have imagined how big it would get so fast. And with that comes a natural level of complexity. You're just like, holy shit, this is growing so fast. I want to make everyone happy. I want to save everyone. I want to do the right thing. And so you, it just becomes something you don't even recognize so quickly. We didn't scale it with intention always. And now it feels really good to scale with intention. Like I even got asked when I'm asking my call, you were there the other day. Well, why aren't you doing that big launch in November? It's like, I don't want to. Yeah. I literally don't want to, if I'm being completely honest. In November, you know, I want to refine our products. I want to really look after the community that we have. And then I want to start prepping to wind down in December. I'm flying out to Scotland. I have rented an entire house, me and Stephen, for our whole family to fly up to Scotland. And we're going to spend all that time together. I don't want to be working. Yeah. And so it's like conversations like that, like, yeah, we can scale, but at what cost? Or what if we just put the time in now to make a sales engine that actually didn't require doing a launch and we're bringing that revenue in evergreen? Like these conversations were conversations I wasn't having. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an invitation for anyone. We're doing it now internally and you've been working on it for months. And and I also think it's always a good invitation for anyone listening to go, why do I need so many things? Like who taught me that I need to have an entire Ascension model just for the sake of having one? Who taught me I need to have a membership and a course and a high ticket offer and a tiny offer? And, you know, like, is that really true for me? Maybe that is what some of the big gurus in the mar- in the market have that we've all learned a ton from. And they also, PS, have huge teams. Yeah. And they have they spend a ton on on marketing and, and advertising. So for like, I, I'm reflecting on what I've thought to myself over the years of like, I've mostly been a solopreneur or had one or two people. I have commonly fallen into that trap of like more is better, more, more offers is better, more things is better, more businesses is better. And every time I get to more, it dilutes my potency and it dilutes my passion. And I keep trying to talk myself into like, if I just do this, I'll get hyped up in this one again. If I just do this, like just, 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 and it never comes until everything crashes, you know? And I, and I think we've all learned a lot over the last few years in, in our society and in like our American society and our global society and also in the boss babe society of there's common themes that everybody needs. And one of them is, could you be doing more with less? Could you be more potent if you took everything you know and put it into one thing that's truly only you can do? And I don't like saying that out loud. Like that's edgy for me to say, cause I'm like, I have lots of things I'm good at and I could build you any brand. Like, give me an idea, give me a hobby. I'll build you a brand around it. Like I am that person. You are and, that person. 
and also like most people don't thrive in trying to do all of the things that they imagine right and so i love that theme of do more with less like what if you only could have one thing you sold what would it be and we're not telling you that you only can sell one thing but what would it be if you only sold one thing and and like how do we make that the best thing in your business right now and then we can go from there but a lot of us myself included have spun our wheels for a long time not having one thing that we're really really good at because we're so diluted across many things and i think now is the time in our world and in our like collective consciousness of of the energetic surrounding all of us to be like just to be the most potent version of you Mm. and just capture that in whatever your product is or your services and give that to the people that's what we want and i think that alone is edgy like it's edgy for me to think that about myself because i'm like but then i'm there's so much opportunity i'm leaving on the table and it's like not if you're doing everything half ass (laughs) you know so that is an invitation if you're listening to really do that the other thing i wanted to say is in growing a company or in, in anything, I think I listened to this podcast yesterday. It was Brian Chesky from Airbnb and he was on with Steven from Diary of a CEO. And he said when they were building Airbnb, initially everyone that they worked that worked for the company was his friends. So it was like family and it was they they like all worked really hard, long hours. They were always around each other and it was really easy to make decisions because they all knew each other really well. And they were each other's priorities. They were in their 20s. They didn't have families and they just worked and had a shared collective vision. And as that made them very successful. And so as they got bigger, they had this momentum of like, we're all friends. We're all family. Like we have group think like, oh, my God, and we're having success. So that's going to have to keep like we have to be this intimate in order to keep having success. And he's like, then we got to a point of success where we had to hire more people and I didn't, I couldn't know everybody personally because we had hundreds of employees and then thousands of employees and these employees had families and lives outside of work and they didn't want to work 16 hour days. And, and I hit this darkness as the leader of the company where I was like, oh, how do I make decisions if, if I don't know everybody and like there isn't this sense of intimacy with everything in the business. It ties into what you're saying around, I I feel like sometimes the business can get to a scale or it can kind of get away from you where like you've listened to voices that were alter egos of your own or you brought in outside stuff and it got to a scale where you're where now it isn't truly a reflection of you anymore. And it's not necessarily that it's bad. And some people may want to continue building from there and go, yeah, I want to get it to be a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar company. It can't be a personal thing anymore. That's what he did. But he went through this grieving process of like, oh, it's not mine anymore. It's the whole it's this big company and I won't I can't be intimate with it. But for many of us who are solopreneurs or small business owners or online entrepreneurs, it will always only be us or primarily mostly be us. And so if you're getting to the point where all of a sudden it's feeling like you're not intimate with your business anymore and you're like, why did I do that? Like, why do I have this software? Why am I launching this program that I don't really want to do anymore? And you're asking yourself these questions and it feels like you're these outsiders in your business. I think that's the moment where you go, okay, how do I get more intimate with my business again? And the proverbial like co-founders who are my friends and my family who I deeply trust and I love, I want to keep them in my business. And all these things that I added because somebody told me I should or because I hired someone and they, they put us on this software, but we haven't used it since they left, you know, culling all that stuff out, letting it all go. It's a grieving process potentially, but also it's like this massive reset to go, oh, like this feels like me. This business is is a reflection of me. And from that place, I think is where you then have the power to go, how do I build something that creates freedom? You're only going to be successful at doing that. Like we've talked this whole episode, if it's authentic to you and people who are in your audience can feel it's truly coming from you and it's your genius in, in your potency. I just, I think that's where we're at in 2023 and and beyond. It has to be that. I completely agree. I really do. And I think if your company is doing, you know, sub 10 million, you have to be intimate with it. That's the point where you have to really understand what you're doing, who you're doing it, why you're doing it. And you have to bring in those elements of simplicity because I don't think you can scale beyond that if you start making it really complex. And also having that conversation about, do you want to scale beyond that? I know for me, 
thinking about when I was coming back into the business and we were making some decisions. There were many ways that this business could have gone. You know, Danielle could have fully taken it on. We could have sold the entire company. One of us could have taken it on and built it to sell, brought on investment, all of those stuff. And we kind of played with all of it. And what I realized for me was I actually didn't want to sell it. I wanted it to to be a business that I continue to run. And I don't want to build it to sell. I don't want to bring in VC. I want to build something that I love and that fuels me every single day. What's really interesting, and I haven't talked about this before, but I will, is I did float the idea of leaving and selling. And I floated the idea of perhaps selling to somebody else too. There was every kind of offer that was on the table. And that offer was on the table and it was kind of explored for a really long time. And neither of of us would have done something that the other co-founder didn't agree with. That's what we've always said. We've always been very integrous in our relationship. We would have never made made a call one of us didn't agree with. But that offer was on the table for a pretty long time and we took some time to really think about it. And what's interesting is it was on the table for so long, I spent that money in my head. I spent it in my head and I realized I was no happier. What I realized was I spent the money and I'm not doing something every single day that I love. And that's how I knew that I wanted to take Boss Babe on. That's how I knew I wasn't done. That's how I knew that there was still work to be done in there and that I wanted to do this for the long run. I didn't want to come in here and build something to sell because I thought about, okay, I might have that money, but every single day I'm not connecting with these women that I truly love, that I really care about. I'm not building something that excites me. So that was really, really interesting and has given me that renewed sense. And also another big lesson that came through that really come through when you're talking about that is that simplicity. Firstly, inside the society, that's the one thing that I want to teach people is build a sales engine primarily around one thing. I'm going to teach you how to do it around a couple of things, but I'm going to show you how to really scale it with one thing. I got tripped up with this because we had this story in the business that we get huge cash injections when we launch a new program. And that was just the running narrative. And this year I questioned that because I was like, wait a minute, let me just, let me run the numbers. Let me go back. Let me really examine this question and this story that we have, because that's tiring to keep creating new stuff. And it almost feels like I'm selling the same people. I don't love that. If I sold someone once, I just want to keep delivering some of them for the rest. Like I love that. And of course, if they want to ascend into different kind of containers and intimacy, that's different. But to resell courses and things wasn't what I wanted to do. And I took a real look at that story that we have of we grow and we get those cash injections when we launch new programs. And what I realized is how fragmented my energy was. And ultimately we were growing in the direction I was putting my energy in. And so when we were in a launch, I was putting my energy fully behind the launch. When we were delivering, I was putting my energy fully behind that delivery. And what I decided this year was what if I didn't launch anything new? And actually I just went all in the membership and I served every woman inside that membership to the best of my ability and every new thing I launched to them. I gave to them and it brought new people, we'll bring new people in as we launch new things inside the society they'll want to come in and join, but everyone within it, they have everything new. And I just think, what if I'd done that from the beginning? Like, I think our membership would be so much bigger and our brand would probably be so much bigger, but I kept going with the new, I kept allowing my focus to be diluted. And I do think when people ask if you could go back and do it all again, what's something you would change? I would commit to doing the one thing the whole time. And you read it in all the books and you hear it in all the podcasts and people always, but you sometimes have to have the experience yourself to really ground it and learn it. And I feel like I'm ready to do that now. I know at Boss Babe, the membership is where we're going to go all in. And we're seeing it publicly. We might fall flat on our face and we might <laughs> fail and all the things and that's okay. But we're going all in there. We're going all in on the podcast because that feels like a really great, like we've we've said, we're going to be honest on here. We're yeah. not going to be holding shit yeah. back. Um, we're going to talk about what we're feeling. We're going to be really honest about numbers. We're going to be just very honest about to everything. And that feels in alignment and that's why we're going all in. And if we fail publicly, we fail publicly. And I mean, we might, I'm sure we'll have something that does. And I also think it's just such a breath of fresh air. Like I can still wear my outsider hat because I'm fresh in the role here, you know? And I, I feel like it's such a breath of fresh air and I study online marketing. Like, you know, how many of of everyone we know's courses I've taken and I kind of have this undercurrent vibe of what's happening. And I feel like 
people are so savvy these days. They know when they're being sold something that isn't fresh or it is a recycled product that you're trying to milk for more money. They know when- All created by ChatGPT. Correct, created by ChatGPT. <laughs> they know when like you don't love it anymore, uh-huh. but you know that it sells and you're like, wow, like you've said this to me, you could sell viral social media forever, but like that's six years ago, Natalie. And like that stuff is in the society. And if you want to go viral on social, we we have that. But that's not what you want to talk about anymore. I only want to teach that in the context of building your business. Right. I w- in the society, I very much will teach you how to go viral and I'll teach you how to build a short form and a long form platform only in the context of building your business. How do we monetize that for you and build a brand that has legs and can give you that freedom? Otherwise, you're feeding into the beast of social media where mm. every day rent is due and it needs fed and you're feeding this beast and you're still left empty-handed because you're like, wait, I've been posting every single day for the last six months and I have nothing to show for myself. Right. I only want to teach it in the in the premise of let's build a business that's really, really successful. Let's build an engine behind it so that if you're creating content, it has purpose. Yeah. Because everyone these days can take off on social media. We've seen it. I can teach viral till the cows come home, right. like they say in the UK. I could and I don't want to because... You go viral and then what? Right. You just keep feeding it and you've got no business and you're like, wait, but I got this many views. Shouldn't I have customers? Yeah, you should. But we haven't built that sales engine or people haven't been talking about it. That's what I want to talk about. Yeah. Freedom-based business. Let's build businesses that feel good and let's have content be something that fuels our business. We also, you know, getting on my high horse a little bit, but we're almost expected just to show up and create content, all of us, whether you're an influencer or not. Just, it's almost like 24 seven, just feeding the content engine. You cannot do that if you're not getting paid. You cannot do that if you don't have a successful business in the background because you need something to pay the bills to keep you going. Whether that's you having a full-time corporate job and then still creating content. It's like when all the things going on in the world are going on in the world. I mean, I think since 2020, any of us that have had followings can be very honest in saying it's been very challenging to navigate everything that is going on in the world when it comes to content because something awful happens in the world and it's very visible now because it goes viral on social very very quickly and you feel gross selling and you only have that platform and that voice to even share this stuff that you care about because you have a business and because that business is generating revenue if it wasn't you'd have to go and get a job somewhere else you wouldn't even have the platform and so it's like how can we build that sales engine that does work behind the scenes so you can use your platform to be honest to share things that you care about and you also can take a break when you need to you know this podcast is releasing a little bit before where actually in the present, the stuff that's been going on lately is freaking heavy. And it can be exhausting to feel like you have to be on social media 24 seven. And some people's livelihoods depend on that right now. Wouldn't it be nice to have a business that makes sales regardless of whether you show up or don't? Because I know for me, I need to take time off. I couldn't see any more of those images, any more pictures or videos. It was for all of us creating nightmares. We need to have something that exists beyond the next reel that expires in a day. Sorry, I just went on one, but we need to start talking about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And there's all kinds of businesses that aren't personal brands or aren't as easy to put out on social as consistently. And, and this stuff applies to them too, you know, where it's like, you can still build, doesn't all have to start with social. You can have a podcast, you can have a YouTube, you can have email marketing. Like, you know, we've been nerding out on email marketing recently. And I think all of it comes down to how do we help you be so like, just to concentrate your genius into one or a couple things so that at the end of the day, you're like, I gave everything I had today to my business and it worked like investment result, investment result, mm-hmm. because that's where I think we're at. You know, like I'm, I'm there personally. I know you're there personally because we're mothers. It has like investments have to have results. And I think just the collective of humanity right now is like, there's so much competition for my attention that when I'm giving it to something, I want it to be the thing that matters the most to me. And for many of us, it's our business because it's our livelihood, but also because truly our business for a lot of us is so integral to our identity and it is our contribution in our lifetime and it is our legacy. And I never want to diminish or make light of the fact that like, yeah, I had a lot of inner work to do over my identity being so tied to achievement, but also the things I've created in the entrepreneurial space are absolutely a huge part of my legacy. And I want my children to be proud of that and I want everything I create to help humanity and and like it seems trite but I am at that place now where I look at all the stuff we've talked about and the way the business is structured and 
what I'm doing every day with my time and going, is this really the right thing? And am I doing the best I can be doing? Is this the most authentic expression of my genius? And like, where could I go astray? And, and I'm really looking for distractions or things that I don't know, like blind spots, so that I'm ahead of that because I've had so many experiences of scaling in a direction that someone else told me I should do or spreading myself too thin or all these other things we've talked about. I just, I think it's totally okay if your business defines you or if you are partially defined by your business and you love it that much. That's amazing. So do we. And there's a way to build it so that that expression can come through in a way that just feels expansive and joyful most of the time. And PS also makes money and helps you do what you want to do with your money and survive in the world, you know? Well, I love that. And I completely agree. And I feel that way about my business and what I create and what I put out in the world. I feel so lit up and excited by it. And that hasn't changed since becoming a mother. I still, you know, I know I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. I think that's incredible if that's your path. That's just not mine. I love going to work. I love working on big projects. I love the times that my business requires me to sprint and to go all in. I still love that. And I love the downtime. I know certain times of the year it is downtime or, you know, weekends and I really enjoy that. That hasn't changed, but my relationship with it has and what I'm willing to do and not willing to do has changed. And so we're bringing that energy. We're bringing the energy of how can you just be so lit up by your business and how can you let your business feel good? Finally feel good because you're working on things that you love and it actually works. So cheers to- Yeah, cheers. Boss Babe 2.0. Let's do this. I'm excited. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Buckle in. (laughs) 